This podcast starts when I say, hey. Hey. Welcome to Arthur Read Between the Lines, the podcast where we revisit every episode of Arthur. That's Gab. And that's Lion. Today we'll be covering season one, episode five, Arthur's pet business and DW the copycat. We're going to talk about um, our history with each episode, memories of each episode, and overall thoughts and feelings after we provide a synopsis of each portion, first for one segment and then for the other. Let's get into it. So you're going to start us off today with Arthur's pet business. And before you begin, I will say we have a very special guest in the studio today. We have my cat in my bedroom. Wow. Will you show us a picture? (laughs) This is an audio medium. Ah. Well, will you provide an audio description? Okay. To my right, there is a windowsill. Perched on that windowsill, ever so beautifully, is... A little black cat. Her uh, name is Suzu. She's looking outside, and we love her very much. Wow. Yeah. I think it's right. very nice that she decided to be here this very topical episode about yeah, pets. Yeah, it's very good. It's very excellent. All right. Well, I know this is your least favorite part, but would you like to go ahead with the synopsis? Oh, the synopsis. My greatest enemy. Here goes nothing. In this episode, Arthur really wants a puppy. He asks his parents, and they say yes, on the condition that he can prove to them that he is responsible enough to take care of a puppy. He gets the great idea to start a pet business where he will take care of other people's pets for currency, which is the usual exchange, you know. Ah, yes, money can be exchanged for goods and services. Right. The main pet he takes care of is uh, Miss Woods dog perky who is a a well-known neighborhood terror (laughs) yeah Um, better known as jaws (laughs) Jaws. so named by the mailman anyways he takes care of perky and ends up taking on a whole other uh, host of pets he loses perky and finds her with puppies so miss woods is delighted that perky is so happy and healthy and so she gives arthur one of the puppies as a reward Ta-da. for being such a good caretaker of the world's most difficult dog, most high-maintenance dog in the truly. world. Truly, truly. And yeah, it's a very happy ending. Excellent synopsis, sir. I think that the practice is doing you good. Oh, yeah? Mm. Excellent, yeah. Excellent. You're honing your craft, and we love to see it. As a fellow <laughs> artist, <laughs> great job. We all have to grow and develop as creators. Yes. Well, I should ask, do you have any memories of this episode? My most well-remembered part of this episode is the scene in which Mrs. Woods arrives to collect her dog because there's an episode in a later season where Arthur has to write a story about something interesting that happened to him. And so he decides to tell the story of how he got pal. The whole like plot of that episode, like once again, spoiler alert. (laughs) I insist on talking about every episode except the one at hand. Uh, We're going to have to title this episode spoilers too. Every single episode of the podcast going forward is going to be called spoiler alert. But anyway, <laughs> in that episode, in that episode, he is recounting the story of the time he got pal. And so they play that scene in the episode and then replay it over and over again. But with some of the details tweaked because his whole issue in that episode is that he thinks the story is too boring. So he keeps mm. changing it. So the mo- the little like, you know, dramatic moment of Mrs. Woods going, my darling Perky out in the world alone and unprotected like that soundbite 
lives rent free in my head. Mm. Mm, understandable. How about you? I remember when he took on too many pets to handle and they all ran amok in the house. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me question his parents' parenting skills. Let's see how their logic tracks here. <laughs> <laughs> me, a young person with no experience rearing children. Okay, let's let's talk about their parenting technique. So, <laughs> Listen, we both have experience being parented, so perhaps we can judge. Oh, that is true. That is true. You're right. Good point. Their thing in this episode is they have their reservations about having a pet in their house. So they decide, okay, Arthur, you can have one pet if you can prove yourself responsibly. And he says, I know what I'll do. Invite several dozen strangers pets into our house all at once and have them run amok. Like if the parents were doubtful that they wanted even one animal in their house, why did they support their son's idea to take care of a snake, an ant farm, a high maintenance dog, and several other creatures <laughs> over the course of one week? Like, a bird, it was insanity. A cat. Yeah. yeah. But somehow he pulled it off. So maybe their faith was rewarded. Maybe they, maybe they knew all along. I mean, it didn't go off without a hitch. Like the snake tried to boa constrict the mom and, and Arthur. Didn't... Yeah, didn't like DW find something in the in the bathtub and the dad oh, had like frog. frogs in his yeah. food. <laughs> well, a few hitches, but it went off. <laughs> yeah, it went off with a few hitches. Was this story relatable to your childhood experience? Did you ever have a moment where your parents needed you to prove your responsibility and uh, you came up mm, with some way to do it? No, not really. The answer, If the answer was no, the answer generally stayed no. No negotiations in that house. There, there were no negotiations. There wasn't even a table at which negotiate. We oh. sat on the floor. But I did find it a bit relatable, the... Uh, kids business because i tried you know a couple businesses like mowing lawns shoveling driveways oh really you were a young entrepreneur huh the classics yeah wow i'm very impressed yeah did you ever do anything like that no (laughs) that's why i'm impressed i can't say the same for myself (laughs) (laughs) all right good thank you i did find it funny when arthur and his friends on the playground were brainstorming what job he could get and Muffy suggested that he work for her dad as a used car salesman yeah I wrote that that was a funny little imagination so son what kind of engine does this car have I don't know I'm not tall enough to look in yeah (laughs) and he's wearing a little like checkered blazer yeah he looks the official uniform of used car salesman what was the other job um well, Binky suggested that he work at a junkyard crushing cars or like crushing junk oh, or yeah. something. And yeah, I was like, be... that sounds like something Gabe would do. It sounds pretty metal. That could be your next um, your next side hustle. Whenever you get bored of the side hustle that you currently are doing, you can maybe mm. go work at a junkyard. I don't know. You could operate heavy machinery. That sounds like something you could do. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah. You know, we really need to talk about Perky because she is the co-star of this episode. Yeah. she is the main character an unholy terror from the minute she arrives she's snarling and growling at all times and you can tell that she's the most spoiled 
dog in the world because she has a whole set of pink luggage with her name emblazoned on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh, a list of instructions about a mile long. Yeah, when Miss Wood drops her off and says, and this is the list of all the things Perky doesn't like. And Arthur takes it and it folds out until it hits the floor. I do like that trope, the folding out list till it hits the floor. They did that um, with the library book, too. You're right. It's such a good gag. Good good comedy. Yeah. (laughs) I should carry around one of those for myself, a list of all the things I don't like. Uh Uh-huh. So everyone who interacts with me knows what they're getting into. But Arthur does a very good job um, taking care of her. He follows all of the instructions to a T. At one point, he runs into the mailman. And the mailman says, what did you do to Jaws? I've never seen her look so angry. And Arthur said, but I followed all the instructions. And it cuts to the next scene in which he's reading a book about dog care. And he's like, I did do everything right. (laughs) And yet, and yet. Great work. Yeah. To no avail. Yeah, well, um, I remember he was brushing her. He had to brush her 100 times and... She she briefly stopped snarling to yawn contentedly and then went right <laughs> back to snarling. <laughs> oh my god, what a spoiled rotten dog. I know, and do you remember like her dinner order? Oh yeah, I wrote it down. Um I don't remember the first part of you it, wrote but it? the it, I didn't write down the whole order. It was like one scoop of this food, one scoop of that food, the very exact middle of a cheeseburger, no pickle, <laughs> no pickle. He had to remove the pickle. And a cherry on top. I was more impressed but, that he cut out the middle of a cheeseburger. Like It has to be the very exact middle or else she won't have it. But then he forgot the parsley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote <laughs> that down. Imagine forgetting the dog's parsley. Imagine. What an embarrassing blunder. <laughs> <laughs> also in this episode, um, D.W., screwed a lot of things up or she tried her best to be an annoyance no i you know i prefer the narrative that she is once again the iconic girl boss she's out Mm. here making that coin she says arthur you know i do anything for you (laughs) for money (laughs) that sounds so much like my sister 100 percent. yeah spot on oh my gosh yeah whenever i would ask her for favors she'd be like how much are you going to pay me? Like, <laughs> what? Excuse me? What happened You're getting ahead of yourself. Your I know. Anything for you. <laughs> for money. <laughs> and then there's such a good payoff to that, though, because DW mentions at the beginning of the episode uh, that, oh, you should start a business so then you can pay me back the $7 you owe me. And then she negotiates her way to a Um, a wage of $3 per week for helping with the pet business. So when Arthur finally um, hands over Perky to Miss Woods successfully and earns $10 from her, DW says, great, that's for me. You know, $7 to pay off your debt plus $3 for all the help that I gave you. Yeah, she's she's the entrepreneur. But Arthur doesn't even care because he got the real reward, which was a puppy. Mm -hmm. But also at the beginning of the episode... Where Arthur says to D.W., yeah, I want a pet, but don't tell mom and dad. And she immediately tells mom and dad, like, not even hesitated. Yeah, the dad at dinner says, so what's new? (laughs) 
<laughs> and she immediately spills the beans. Yeah, yeah. And then when Mrs. Woods comes to pick up Perky, Arthur's trying frantically to find her. She, like, does it again. The exact same yeah. thing. She's like, hi, Miss Woods. Arthur lost your dog. It's like, what? She loves to stir the pot. She And she I does. love her for it. Uh, well. She makes good TV. Yeah, I suppose. If DW was on a reality show, she would be everyone's favorite. Because she loves to make the drama. That's true. That's true. But she's also only four years old. That is true. Mm. But, you know, so young, yet so wise. <laughs> really, it's impressive. Oh my god. I think that a really fun question that can be discussed in the context of this episode is what people's pets say about them. The, pa- mm. the fact that Prunella had an ant farm gave me pause. I'm like, no one just has an ant farm. But, but like, also what- they have... They have barn dance night. What? They had. Do you remember that? What do you? Who had barn? The the ants, the ants. What? What? They had. They have a dance night. I feel like I'm having a stroke. What are you talking about? No, Prunella gave Arthur the ant farm, and she also yeah. gave him a cassette which has the music for their dance that he used to play on Thursday nights. I watched this episode twice and I missed that detail entirely. All right. Well, what? that's why that's why you have me here. Oh my oh my god. Barn yeah. dance night with the ants. Maybe it wasn't ah! like barn dance, but it was definitely a dance night. Holy holy cow. Yeah, on Thursdays. Okay, right. this makes me question Prunella's character even more. I mean, okay, we haven't seen a ton of her in these first few episodes so far. And in the future, it becomes very clear that she's into a lot of strange stuff. But like, oh my god, how, how can you be friends with someone who has a pet ant farm? I don't know. I kind of wanted an ant farm as a kid. Oh my god, of course, because then you could stick your grubby little hands in a in a <laughs> Think full All of right. dirt. Let's relax. Okay. That's what, what that you... says about you. Listen, what and look do, what at where I... you are in your career now. Look at it. It's all coming together. I want to talk about my dreams of having a Samoyed. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That could be you. Imagine if somebody was like, hey, can you babysit my Samoyed? And then that Samoyed was pregnant and gave birth to Samoyed puppies. And you got I'd probably, I'd probably die. You would die on, yeah, you would burst into flames immediately. Yeah. Out of sheer happiness. Oh my God. For anyone listening who doesn't know, Samoyeds are basically clouds in dog form. They're so cute. They're so fluffy. There's very few things on this earth that can make Gabe lose his mind, like seeing a Samoyed. Yeah. Well, moving on, I suppose. Well, before we move on from this segment, we actually are going to address some listener input on a fun new segment called Dad, Stop Sharing Your Opinions That You Know Will Make Me Upset. <laughs> Is that what we decided to call it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I couldn't think of it. That's a, that's a working title. We, we can workshop it. Mm-hmm. 
in case we need to bring up this segment in the future when my dad inevitably says something else that he knows will upset me. Yeah, I feel like it'll be a recurring thing. Yeah, it probably will be. So my, um, my dad listens to this podcast. Hi, dad. After listening to the first episode, um, I, which I emailed to him, he replied and said, but when do you get around to explaining how it is that these animals have pets of their own? I've been wanting to address this question on the podcast for a while, but we were waiting for the perfect opportunity to bring it up. And now that we've mm. got the pet business episode, it seems like as apt a time as any. For everyone who brings up this point of how do the characters, if they're animals, have animals as pets? That doesn't make any sense. This is what I say to you. <laughs> if you are not ready to engage with the art at its level, just stay home. Just don't watch the show. If you're not ready to come and meet the level of the content being provided by Arthur, just don't even bother watching, okay? We don't have time. These semantic debates that detract from the core, the spirit, the quality, the artistry, of the show. And that is all I have to say on that. Very well said. What's <laughs> <laughs> the same thing as I've seen those memes go around. It's a picture of like Goofy walking Pluto. And it's like, well, if Goofy's a dog, how does he have a pet dog? And it's like, you're missing the point. You know? <laughs> yes. All right. Now that I have ramped my, my blood pressure levels right up, should we go on to the next segment? Yeah, that's a great idea. Great. In the B segment, DW the copycat, Arthur is very bored, and so his mom suggests that he plays with DW. But Arthur and DW cannot seem to get along because they want to watch different things on TV, they want to play different games. Arthur finds everything DW does annoying and babyish, and DW finds everything Arthur does to be just uninteresting. But DW eventually realizes that Arthur will play with her if she wants to do everything that he wants to do. So she just starts to copy him in every possible respect. She's watching Bionic Bunny every day after school. She goes to the mall and buys an exact replica of Arthur's signature outfit. That was creepy, not gonna lie. Yeah, it was! But very funny, steal his look. At first, Arthur is really excited about this because he sees it as DW not being annoying anymore. Um, He even says DW's finally got good taste. Um, But eventually, as DW continues to follow Arthur into everything that he does, literally just copying him word for word whenever he talks and insisting on hanging out with his friends... Arthur gets sick and tired of it and tells her, you know, just do whatever you want to do. And she says, okay. And that's kind of it. And they go back to the way that things were. Mm. That's, that sounds like a really anticlimactic ending, but, um, well, hmm. it's, yeah. It was it's better a more than driven story than a plot. Really? Yeah. Say, yeah. It's quite a, quite an arc for DW. Actually, though, the ending does lead one to question whether DW is just up to her old tricks all along. Because mm. Arthur apologizes, says, you know, maybe your stuff isn't boring after all. Go ahead and do what you want to do. And so DW says, well, in that case, 
Mom said that I can watch Mary Moo Cow for as many days as you watch Biotic Bunny. And then she leaves. Arthur said to himself, why do I feel like I got tricked? Yeah. So it's possible that DW just put up this whole ruse and was like, this guy wants to watch Bionic Bunny and won't let me watch Mary Moo Cow. I'm going to make him rue the day that he fought me for my TV time. And she did. <laughs> Listen, she has the makings of a criminal genius. Absolutely. And Arthur always seems to be on the losing end, in the end. Like at the amusement park, well, it was kind of similar. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, DW. I'll go on any ride you want. And then he spends the next hour getting bashed by bumper cars. Exactly. DW <laughs> always has the upper hand. She's always one step ahead. Mm, I wonder if we'll see see different endings in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't want to spoil anything. I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So what um, from this episode stood out in your memory from childhood? Anything? Mm, I think I remember DW wearing Arthur's outfit. As I said before, creepy. (laughs) Do you think it was creepier when she just got the new clothes? Or then afterward when she punched the glass out of her sunglasses and started wearing the glasses frames too. I think it was more jarring when she came home with the new clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. the cartoon character, right? Because in cartoons, you're pretty accustomed to seeing every character in the same outfit at all times. So when yeah. a character changes at all, it's like mind boggling. When a character changes into something that's supposed to be on another character, it's like, whoa. It's double the mind. Yeah, that. Yeah. Anyways. Ladies and gentlemen, his mind is so boggled he can't even see. <laughs> what else do you remember from this episode? Honestly, not much other than that image. But this time around, I wrote down so many quotes. Out of all the episodes we've watched so far, this has the most snappy dialogue in of any episode. It's so funny. Can I share it some? Is, it is pretty good. Yeah, go ahead. Right off the bat, when the episode opens, Arthur is languishing on the couch. And he lets languishing. out a terrible <laughs> sound. Like, eh. And his mom's like, <laughs> what's wrong? Because <laughs> he's bored. <laughs> he's just lying around going like, eh. <laughs> When the mom suggests like, oh, if you're bored, why don't you play with DW? He says, I'm not that desperate. <laughs> Which, oof. Wow. Yeah. Zinger. Then he tries it anyway. They go outside to play baseball and DW is um, up at bat, but she's like holding one of her dolls and having the doll like bat for her. And Arthur says, there are no babies in baseball. And she says, this is America, Arthur. Everyone is supposed to get an equal chance. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that one down. Could I also share a few quotes? Please do. In the title card... Mr. Rappern announces faster and more annoying than a mosquito. <laughs> it's Super Sister! Heck yeah. I like that title card. There's one moment in this episode that made me feel so, so dumb. And it was where Arthur and his friends are on their bikes racing to the Sugar Bowl. And Buster says, last one there is a Henway. And I didn't like think anything of it. I was like, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a reference to some 90s thing that I didn't get. And they get there. They say like, oh, Arthur, you're last. That means you're a Henway. And he says, what's a Henway? And Buster says, 
about five pounds. <laughs> Did you get the joke? Because no. it took me. I was oh. I was sitting there. Do, wait, do you get it? Yeah, I got the joke. Do you get it now? Wait, yeah, explain I get it to it. me. No, prove no, it. I, prove it. What do no, you mean? It. How? Well, well what the, is uh, the weight of a hen? You know, okay, it's mass yeah, okay, times. Yeah, yeah like a hen bird. Yeah. Yes. It took me so long to get that. I was standing in front of my computer <laughs> dumbfounded. I was like, a henway? Is this some kind of imperial unit that I haven't heard of before? About five pounds? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him because imperial units, okay, we're engineering students, so we know imperial units are just Dumb. absolutely silly. Silly! A slug? A slug. What is it? Like, who comes up with this? Is it like 32.2 pounds? Um, oh my god. I literally don't even remember. Let's take a hard left back to the podcast. It was a good joke. I'm glad you got it in the end. Yeah. That's my personal journey. Uh, When DW and Arthur were fighting over the TV, um, and DW is trying to defend her Mary Mooka watching, she's like, but they're about to explain green. (laughs) (laughs) I think I, I lost it when they said that. I just... Yeah. I was like, oh my god. But I suppose it's valid. Spoiler alert for the audience, blue and yellow make green. Yeah, DW was riveted to that TV set. Oh, mm. more quotes from the, the sugar bowl scene. The DW is sitting with Arthur and his friends, and the waitress comes up and asks her if she'd like a baby seat. And she says, that would be a thoughtful thing to ask. If there was a baby here, <laughs> she loses it. She gets so mad. Yeah. And then Binky comes in and demolishes them. Yeah. Binky comes in, sees DW wearing the Arthur uniform. Binky says, and I quote, You look like a ringtailed doofus. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? But then, and then he's he's like those those clothes and those glasses, and Arthur's like, "Hey, wait a minute!" Like he slowly stops laughing. <laughs> there's there's too many zingers in this episode. Yeah, Arthur doesn't even notice though when DW comes home and is like, "Do you like my new clothes?" He says, "Don't you already have that outfit? It looks familiar." <laughs> <laughs> also, in this episode, they introduce the Tibble twins, and we get a good. Well, more of a look at Bionic Bunny. Yeah. Who apparently is created by uh, advanced robotics and animal husbandry. <laughs> that was so funny. I, I laughed so hard. And then I had to look up what husbandry meant because I had a guess, <laughs> but I wasn't sure. Were you were you correct? What does it mean? I'm going to look it up again. <laughs> oh, understandable. The mm. care, cultivation, and breeding of crops and animals. Excellent. One last quote from the episode when Arthur is getting really tired of DW's annoyances and his parents are tucking him into bed. He says, Mom, Dad, can we move and not tell DW where we're going? (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to say that I think this is similar to things me and my sister did when we were kids. Yeah? Should I elaborate? That's kind of what I was hoping you would do and expecting. Okay. Well, it was like, you know, normally we we keep like a distance as Arthur and DW do, but occasionally we'd like compromise and do things together, but always 
we'd start fighting again. Like it would it would get to be too much collaboration, and it'd be like, nah, this is no good anymore. And then we go back, pretty go much back just like they did. Separate ways. Yeah, pretty much just like they did. Well, that's very interesting to see that this is true to life. I know. Well, maybe I don't know if it's true to other people's experiences, but at least I found something. And you know what? That's valuable. And I'm really glad that you could find a home here in this episode. Excellent. Wait, before we end the podcast, we got yeah. a shout out. We have a very to special shout out. listener. Yeah, we got very exciting. We got our first email to our official podcast email. That is arthurreadpod at gmail.com. We got an email from the Frensky Star saying, I love podcasts that analyze Arthur episodes, and there are only a few of them out there. We are welcoming you into the Arthur community. It was so nice to have a listener and a fellow Arthur content creator reach out. And of course, we will encourage all of our listeners to go check them out on social media at the Frensky Star, as in Francine Frensky. They have a website, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. They encouraged us to start social media of our own, which is something that I said when we started the podcast. I was like, we gotta right. promote, right? But then we were kind of too nervous to maybe, think of ourselves maybe... as big shots like that. Maybe we could do big shots. Who knows? At medium shots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least like, yeah, medium. We could do medium, I think. Right. Anyway, so if you think that we should start a social media, hit us up on our email because that's all we got, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Or talk to us in real life because most of our listeners are just our friends anyway. (laughs) Oh, that's it. That's all. We hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, send us an email at arthurreadpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you in two weeks when we cover season one, episode six. In the meantime, have a wonderful kind of day.